How you guys doing? Man. Thank you for having me today. Um, this is the second time I've been up on this particular stage. Um, last time was first Wednesday, I believe it was, not last month, but the month before. Um, and let me tell you about uh, how anxious I was to, to come up here. I had actually preached uh, one other time uh, before coming up here, but there was just something about being here on this stage um, where I fell before my knees and, and gave my life to Christ and where I was, you know, amongst people that I, that I knew. And when I was at the other church, it was just a smaller church. And so when I was there, I, I felt a little bit more comfortable. But when I came here uh, and also told I was being judged, um, <laughs> then I was like, okay, all right, now, uh, now I'm worried, right? And Jerry was like, look, you, you better preach the word. He's like, you, you got to preach the word. These people, these people came and hear the word. I said, I know, okay. And so I'm going to. Please don't hurt me. And so, but if we did get in a fight, I, I, I don't know, you know, maybe, you know, you know, no, no. He could run pretty fast, I heard. Yeah. All right, anyway, so um, today uh, I'm going to preach on Phil, uh, Philippians 4, uh, 6 through 8. Um, and again, I, I don't know if the, the first Wednesday where someone doesn't read the scripture before I can't come up here, is that just a me thing? It's just how it is. I have to read the scripture to you, but I was prepared this time. And so last time when I came up here, I was, I was definitely anxious. And uh, for some of you that know, Philippians 4, 6 through 8 is all about anxiety uh, and is written by uh, Paul the Apostle. And, um, and why he wrote this, he was in prison. And so he knows a, a lot about anxiety. He knows a lot about um, having a lot of things come against him, uh, a lot of people uh, trying to kill him. Uh, because he's, he's always preaching about the, the Lord Jesus. And so for me, when I came up here, um, I was very, very nervous beforehand. Um, I have a history of anxiety. Some people might not realize that, but um, I'm terrible in, in front of a lot of people. Yeah, some people are, are like, yeah, whatever. But truly, I am. Before I started uh, being able to step up in front of people, um, I was able to get comfortable when I uh, started working my own business. Uh, I had a gym. It was called a to Hybrid, which we just currently sold about a month and a half ago. And through that, I would have five people at a time, and I would talk to them and get a little more comfortable, and then it would be 10. And then sometimes I even had a group of 80 one time. And it's a little bit different when you come up on stage and you preach the Word of God, and then you just you know run around like a fool and be like, oh, yeah pump everybody up. A little bit different, but it helped me uh, get over that anxiety. But then I learned as I came up and I had to stand up here and preach the Word of God, there's a whole different battle going on. Uh, I experienced a huge battle before I came up on stage last time. Um, I didn't let a whole lot of people know, but I said, please pray for me. Please pray for me. I need your help. And I confided in a few close friends and I said, look, I'm under attack. I've never felt like this before. I'm scared to death to go on stage. And I feel like the only way out is either go up on stage or run. And I didn't run. Uh, but um, I prayed so hard. I prayed so hard. And I said, God, I need your peace. God, I need your peace. And, and uh, he gave me that peace. But it seemed as though I was focusing on the devil all the time. I was always thinking, man, the devil's got me. He's coming after me. He's coming after me. And little did I, did I know that I was really putting myself under a huge burden. And I broke out with shingles. Some of you might not know, but usually people that are older, maybe uh, immune system issues, uh, not somebody at my age normally gets shingles, but 
I would worry myself to a point and get so anxious that I got shingles. And I got it to a point where it was all the way down my neck, all the way down my back. And I came up here and preached with shingles. And when I came up here, I had this pain going on my neck, and I had to just nervous all over. And, but I'll tell you what, the reason why I'm not so nervous today is because last time God showed me something. I was so nervous, and I was so nervous, and I remember tying my shoes, and I said, look, devil, <laughs> I'm tying my shoes, and I'm getting on that stage, and God's going to, I'm going to let God do what he needs to do. And that's it. He's going to say, let, use me. If I mess up, I mess up. But God's going to use me, and I'm going to let him use me, and that's just the way it's going to be. And so when I walked up here on stage, I was nervous the first couple steps, and I stumbled over the first couple words, but then a peace beyond all understanding came over me, and I was like, there you are. And so I'm preaching, and I'm going through the Word, and I'm just like, I'm going through it, and I just felt so calm. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. Like, like he's real. I knew he was real, but I was just like, this is, this is really happening you're running the show. It's not me up here. It's you. And it's just, it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling what God, the power of God, and then just allowing yourself to step out of the way and let him uh, do the work. So I'm going to read. You have it on screen? No? Ah, there it is right there. I'm going to read. All right. Rejoice in the Lord always again. I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So, last time, cottonmouth was an issue. I can't chew gum up here, but you have to bear with me. So, um, I have a little uh, checklist uh, coming up here, and it'll say, ask yourself. So, ask yourself. This is a little checklist from the book, uh, Anxious for Nothing, by Max Lucado. I don't know if any of you have read this before, but um, as I've had some my quiet time, this is one of my books that I'll read a chapter, and I started reading this book, and I was just blown away uh, by how much it, it's helped me. And I said, if I preach again, it's going to be on anxiety, and it's going to be on on Phil Four. So, and then Jerry said, Hey, do you want to preach? And I said, Yes. So, ask yourself these questions: Are you laughing less than you once did? Did you see problems in every promise? Would those who know you best describe you as increasingly negative and critical? Do you assume that something bad is going to happen? Do you dilute and downplay good news with doses of your version of reality? Many days would you rather stay in bed than get up? Do you magnify the negative and dismiss the positive? Given the chance... Would you avoid any interaction with humanity for the rest of your life? So think about these questions. Personally, I can say yes to every one of them. Or at some point in my life, I could say yes to every single one of those. Um, If you can say yes to most of those, this verse is for you. This section of scripture is definitely for you. Um, Most times uh, in my past... Um, I would avoid people, avoid interactions with people because of my anxiety. 
uh, or, or just, I couldn't, I don't even think it had a word. I don't even know what I was feeling, but I didn't want to interact with people. I just was always like, I'm going to go this direction, you know, I'm going to go that direction. And um, it, it just, I would much rather stay inside than I would to go outside or be in a group of people. Now, I kind of am an introvert type of person and, and an extrovert type of person. It depends on the day. Some of you might be that way as well. Sometimes you're just like, I just want to stay home. You know, I just want to wear Fortnite, right? Like, I want to play Fortnite. I want to play video games. Do we always talk about Fortnite? I hear it all the time. But, uh, you know, I want to play video games. Or I just want to stay inside. I just want to keep myself away from, from anything That's, that might bother me or might trip me up. And myself, um, I personally um, would a lot of times much rather just stay inside or stay away from people. Um, I had to literally force myself. And my job put me in a position where I had to talk to people. So a lot of times I had to step up and just be like, hey, how you doing today? That, you know, and then, and then it kind of went away. Um, but a lot of times it was, I had to force myself. I didn't willingly want to be and talk around people. Um, we'll go to verse 1. I'm mean, sorry, verse 4. Verse 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Um, one of the things I've learned as a new Christian, year and a half, uh, the day I got on my knees, after that day, everything changed. Um, is when you praise God and you worship God and everything else disappears. It's just you and Him. And there's no worry. There's no pain. There's no suffering. There's just love. You just feel like He's got His arms wrapped around you. I like to think of it as a father holding his child. Or I like to think I'm I'm a dad of two and one on the way. Uh, I like to think of just to love. I want to love them. And I want to hold them. And I want to make sure they're safe. That's what it feels like to me when I worship Jesus. Uh, when we worship here, um, many days I have quiet time in the morning and I'll play worship music and I'll, I'll just I'll get in the Word and I'll read and, and I'll just think about Jesus and I'll think about Him and, and, and he just His presence is just, I always want to be in His presence. Do you not? And... I never want to leave it. And then I walk out into the world, and, I, and I'm walking and I'm doing and interacting, and, and then I start to see all these different things and, and feel all these different things and think all these different things. And all of a sudden, I'm like, where's Jesus again? I need Jesus again. You know what I mean? Me and Tim have talked about this before where you, know, you get into the world, and you kind of get into things and saying things and thinking things, and people are influencing you. And before you know it, you're over here, and you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't like this anymore. This is... I used to like this, but I don't like this anymore. I want to go back over here. I want to go back over here. I hope that we can always recognize that. I hope that we can always recognize that sin. We can always recognize that, like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. This is not abiding in Jesus. This is not, this is not right. This, this doesn't feel good. I don't, this is not right. I, I, this is, just as him said, the world doesn't seem as it used to seem. It, it, it seems more dim. Jesus, it seems just so much more better, is he not? And that's, that's where I want to stay. That's where I want to stay, is, is always abiding in Jesus. Uh, verse 5 says, let your reasonableness, and, and it's, uh, this verse is much different in, in different translations. Um, reasonableness, the translation, the Hebrew is uh, apikes. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, I'm sure Jerry will correct me. But it means gentle spirit. Okay, he's like, Psh. All right. It means gentle spirit. So let your gentle spirit be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. 
the Lord your God is always here. Do not be anxious, verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. This is a very popular verse. When me and my family went to the Billy Graham uh, training center, right? It was the training center, not the library. On one of, I think in the church building, in, in one of the prayer rooms, this was up on the, the wall in there. And I remember reading that and just thinking like, you know, they had to pick, you know, it was just a few verses. And, uh, and this, this was one of them. And it, it just really just stuck in my mind because I even wear a bracelet. And it's, it's not Philippians, but a friend of mine, uh, Gina, gave it to me. And it's 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And something about praying is not easy for me. I didn't grow up in church, newly saved a year and a half ago. And I'm standing up on stage preaching. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but it's, an, it's, it's only God, right? And, um, and for me to pray, it's hard. It's, it's hard for me to articulate the right words or to know exactly what to say. And so sometimes I'm just like, God, I need you. I need you to help me. I, I don't know what to pray to you. I don't know what to say to you, but I need you. And I know you know my situation, and I don't even know what to call it or to say or how I feel. And I'm bothered, and, 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 and this is, but I need you. And to pray out to God is not easy for some. For some, they just spit off these words. And, but it's not about how you say it. It's your heart. He knows your heart. He knows what you want. He knows what you're trying to say. And I, and I hold true in that. Uh, but sometimes my, my, my ego or, or whatever, whatever you call it, I don't even know what it is. Uh, I, I'm always going, well, I'm just not a good prayer. I need to be a better prayer. You know, I need to, I need to say things better. And I, and I pray for people, and I, and I do, but I sometimes struggle to know exactly what it is they need. But I go, God, please take care of them. Take care of what they need. You know that what they need. Please. And so Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. So I've broken this down for us. Pray, seek with thankfulness and request. So, do not be anxious about anything. Raise your hand if you've never been anxious before. Yeah, no one raised their hand. Good. If you did, you're a liar, or you're like really, really little, and you don't even know what that means, right? <laughs> you're in the nursery, you know what I mean? Where's Noah at, you know? And, uh, and so, <laughs> the thing is, uh, we're, we're anxious. But Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything. So anxiety is unavoidable. But to be a prisoner of anxiety is a choice. All right? Anxiety is unavoidable. But to be a prisoner of anxiety is a choice. But in everything, pray. Raise your hand if you pray about everything. I saw a couple hands raised. Well, it's just good. I can, I can, oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> but me personally, I do not pray about everything. I don't, I do not pray enough about things. A lot of, raise your hand if you're like, I got this, God. Don't even worry about it. I got it. I don't even need you today. All right. A lot of times that's, that's me. I got this. I don't need to bother God. I don't, Jesus, I got it. Don't worry about it. That's always been me. That's like, I, I'm, I'm leading the family. I know it's right. But this is, I'm cool. I don't need you. 
And it's not even like, I don't need you. I don't say it. I don't verbally say it, but my actions do it, right? I got this. It's cool. I don't need to pray about it. He knows, right? So pray, seek. So when I, the word seek comes from uh, by prayer and supplication. Supplication means to seek uh, with thankfulness. Why are we thankful? So I asked my daughter this earlier today, and why am I thankful for something I haven't received yet? Because I know when I pray to my dad, he loves me and he's listening. I'm thankful. I'm thankful he hears me and he loves me and that prayer would be answered. I'm thankful already before it's even, I even receive it. I'm thanking him already for it. Let your requests be requests. Dad, I have something I need you to help me with. Do you think Jesus is like, I'm busy right now. I'm working on the lawnmower. You know, he's not doing that. You know, we're like my, my, my girls today. Dad, I'm hungry. I said, hang on. I'm cleaning the window. All right. I was, I'm vacuuming all my windows and I'm cleaning my windows and it takes forever. Dad, I'm hungry. Hang on a second. You know, uh, but when you call on the Lord, he's listening all the time. Make your request known to him. Um, my girls, I love my girls so much. A lot of times, I don't show it enough, but I love them. Get up on stage and I start crying whenever I think about my girls and my family. And if you're not a father, you're missing something that is truly special. Like, to be a father of a child, it changes you. I knew I was a crazy person before I had kids. Still a little bit of a crazy person. But when I had my kids, I realized, wow, this is amazing. And I've never loved something this much. I've never loved a person this much. And I would die for my girls. I would take the place of any sickness they have or anything bad happening to them. I, I would take that. I want to take that for them. When we walk out of Ingalls and we're walking across the street, I hold her hand. I hold her hand and I put myself in front of a car that could be coming all the time. Hold my hand. I want to hold your hand. I was like, hold my hand. Why? 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 You ask me why all the time. Because I love you and I don't want you to die. But what if the car hits you? Then I will block the car, all right, and I will roll off of it and I will save your life, right? <laughs> It'll be cool like that. Let's hope it happens that way. We hope we get it on camera, right? But I love you. I would do anything for you. God's this and even more. Jesus is this and even more. Like, I, don't, I can't even match that. I can't be the dad to my children that Jesus can to my children. I can't. And I said this so many times through Bible studies. And, and, and I said, if I died today, I want my girls to know who their dad is, who their, who their ultimate dad is, and it is Jesus. If I'm gone, I want my girls to know Jesus is the answer. He's my security. He's my foundation. He's my strong tower. He's my shelter. He's my everything. My earthly dad might be gone, but my heavenly father will never be gone. He will take care of me. He is the right way, the only way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is what I need. And if my earthly father's here, then that is great. And I love him. But Jesus is over me. And I hope they know that. And they're probably sitting there coloring a picture right now. Right? And 
Good thing we're recording this. Maybe they'll watch this in a couple more years, right? Um, verse 7. This is, this, is, this is, I love this verse. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is what I talked about, that peace. That It's like, how is that person just so chill right now? Um, I want to point out somebody you all well know pretty well, Robin. Raise your hand. Where you at? Are you in here, Robin? There she is, way in the back. Uh, she sent me an email. Uh, we were talking about, you know, if we were going to be here. Of course, where I was preaching. Uh, but you know, we told her, you know, there's going to be four and a half of us coming to eat. And, uh, and she told me some good news. And one thing that I've noticed about Robin, she's always praising God through her struggles, through her cancer, through her treatments. I've never heard her complain. Every time that I've seen her in the office or if I text her or whatever the case may be, she never complains. She's always praising God, knowing that he is in control. He is everything. And she has this peace in knowing that I put my life in his hands and I'm okay with whatever happens. And it's mind-blowing, that type of faith to have. And I love you. We don't really know each other that much, but I do. I love you. Like, it's, it's, I feel it. It's an awesome thing. And uh, I love Jerry a little bit, but you know, Robin, Robin keeps Jerry together. Um, this peace is not a feeling that Jesus gives to you. Jesus doesn't just have some peace. It's him. This peace is him. It's his spirit. It's him. Well, how do we know this? John 14, 26 through 27. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Very underline, I like to try to underline my peace I give to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, it's his. He has ownership of that, it is him that he gives to you. I want Jesus to be with me all the time, through everything. I'm okay with hanging out with Jesus all day. Raise your hand if you are. I'm hanging out with Jesus all day. I don't want to hang out with anybody else besides Jesus, maybe my family. There we go back to having to, you know, stay with him. But Jesus is just amazing. He's amazing. His presence is amazing. I could just praise Jesus all day. I love him. It says, not as the world gives. He does not give as the world gives. The world gives momentary pleasure to mask that anxiety you feel. So anxiety covered up with porn. Anxiety covered up with drugs and alcohol. Anxiety covered up with excessive exercise. Anxiety covered up with Netflix binging. Anxiety covered up with Fortnite. Anxiety covered up with, let's just, boop, boop, let's just put up all these things. A lot of times we choose other things to cast our anxiety on, but it's not Jesus. 
And so Jesus says, I do not give as the world gives. Sin intensifies your anxiety. You sin, you're anxious about it. You get tore up about it. You get, let's hope you get tore up about it. Um, God corrects us. God corrects the ones he loves. Raise your hand if you're thankful that God corrected you. I'm thankful that God corrected me. I screwed up, and I continue to screw up, but he corrects me. When my children do it wrong and they mess up, I'll rebuke them. I'll tell them, look, you're messing up. You're going to get in trouble, right? It's not because I hate them. It's because I love them. So when you screw up and you do something messed up, he's your father. He's going to be like, hello, you're messing up, right? I'm thankful for that. I need someone to tell me I'm messing up, and I'm thankful it's Jesus. The biggest thing is recognizing that and repenting and turning from your sin. This is what tonight's all about, is realizing your sin. He makes you realize what you're doing wrong, and you say, wow, I'm messing up, and um, I'm sorry. I really am. And repenting means admitting it, but then turning from it, turning away from your sin. Don't do it anymore. When I tell my kids not to do something, do they do it again? Some of you know my kids. You got to speak up. Yeah, uh, sometimes they do, right? Do you think that because God says, look, don't do this anymore, and you do it again by your sinful person? You mess up. I'm trying. I really am trying. I just can't stop. I'm sorry. Do you think he just leaves you? He loves you through it. He keeps helping you turn away. I've experienced this on a number of different things. I am so thankful that God keeps turning me away. And I keep accepting that rebuke and saying, okay, I'm going where you want me to go. I've messed up long enough. I'm tired of messing up. I'm so thankful for that. Finally, verse 8. Brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable... Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Personally, I used to think there's a lot of things that were true and honorable and just and lovely and commendable and excellent. And worthy of praise. But I realized they're not. There was a lot of things that I would deem to be praiseworthy of myself or things that I was doing or other people were doing. But strong conviction showed me I don't want to be that person anymore. And I don't see those things as just or pure or lovely or commendable anymore. Um. And I'm thankful for that. And I've thought about this very, very, very hard. Personal conviction of mine. But I don't see anything greater, greater than Jesus. To abide in Jesus. To, to 
is Jesus not true? Is Jesus not honorable? Is Jesus not just? Is Jesus not pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and praiseworthy and worthy of our praise? Is he not all the time? He is. And so for me, I choose to put him on the highest. I put him on everything, uh, all, all of everything I want to think about and do. It's all about him. That's what I choose to do. I just can't think of anything else greater, can you? Paul's letter to the Philippians, within its 104 verses, Paul mentioned Jesus 40 times. That's an average of every two and a half verses. Jesus was pretty important, I guess, right? He was, he was pretty important when Paul was writing about every two and a half verses. Paul says in Phil 121, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I think so too. I think so too. I've found nothing greater and I'm not looking for anything else. Nothing greater. Jesus is everything. Max Plato quote, uh, quote from his book, Anxious for nothing. What you have in Christ is greater than anything you don't have in life. What you have in Christ is greater than anything you don't have in life. Before I came to Christ, I was seeking the world. I was trying to fill a void nothing could fill except for Jesus. I was constantly hungry for something, and I didn't know what it was. And I was constantly seeking, constantly seeking, covering up my anxiety and my depression with exercise, extreme exercise, uh, accomplishments, uh, uh, new goals, or whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden, Jesus showed up right on time. And I just found there's nothing greater than him. And I am full Every day when I have Jesus, I'm full. When I have his word, I'm full. And I get up and I get in his word and I might go to work one day or do whatever. And uh, I see Ken sitting back there. I love you. And when we were working one day and I said, ma'am, you know, we were building scaffolding and, and, and he was, uh, he's a stonemason. Uh, and he was working on a chimney, and he had to build scaffolding. It's a two-story house. And to build this scaffolding, he started on the ground, and he had to dig out some ground and all this stuff. And I'm standing there like, okay, you need some help? Uh, yeah. And I kind of feel bad because I'm just watching him. And I, I grab that. Okay, here you go. And we start putting the scaffolding up. We start putting the boards up. And, and there's a deck right here, and the scaffolding's getting built up. And the chimney's right here, and he's building it up. And as he goes over, he has to put the two poles right here to put onto the deck so that he could go up right here. And when he got up to this point right here, he hit the gutter. And I was like, let's tear the gutter down. I didn't say that to him. But I was like, we tear the gutter down, right? And no, what did he have to do? He had to take all the scaffolding down all the way to the beginning. And I told him, I said, man, you know, I was thinking about it over the past couple of days. And, you know, it was Jerry. Jerry was talking about it in, uh, in our uh, mentoring. And you, used, you were talking about scaffolding. And I don't know what else you were talking about. It didn't even matter. And, uh, <laughs> and I just remember scaffolding. And I love you. 
I was just making jokes and stuff. He's going to hurt me. I'm never going to be up here again. Just sink this in, take a video, and that's it. And so, so anyway, he's talking about scaffolding, and he was talking about how, like, you know, you have to build it right, and you have to make sure it's together, and then before you can build the next. And we had to tear it down to the beginning. And I told Ken, I said, man, that just made me think about Jesus and the Word and, and abiding in Jesus and, and abiding in Him and, and making sure that my day and my life and my everything is set on Him. He is the rock. He is my firm foundation. I don't want to do anything else before I know it's set right where Jesus wants me because I've messed up before. I'm not doing it again. I'm going with Jesus until Jesus says moves. That's what I'm going to do, period. And I just thought about it. I said, when you have your quiet time in the morning and you begin in the Word, everything else is good, man. You get up and stuff happens to you. Now, he didn't promise that the world would be, uh, that there wouldn't be things that would happen or bad things that wouldn't happen. But when you abide in Jesus and you're hanging out with him and you got your dad beside you, nothing can stop you. And you're like, oh, Jesus is with me. Dad's with me. I'm good. This is good. Bad things are happening, but you know what? He's, the, he's right here. I can't even point to him because he's here. You get what I'm saying? Do you feel this or am I talking to people? Are you listening? Do you have this? Do you feel this? If you don't have this, I hope you, you grab a hold of this today. But I've got this and I'm on fire and I love Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And so, last, and I'm almost done. I know this is going along, but we're going, I'm having fun up here. Abide in Jesus. Uh, John 15, 1 through 11. I want you guys to read this with me, would you? I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit, by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him. He is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He is right. I can do nothing good without Jesus. Because when I don't abide in Jesus, and I do not remain in his word, and I do not pray to him, and I do not seek him, and I do not take his rebukes, and I turn the other way, and when I have my life all figured out by myself, and I got it today, I feel terrible. I want to abide in Jesus. That's what I choose every day. And I want the same thing for you all as well. Philippians 4 probably doesn't look the same anymore. But to me, it's such a... It, when, I, when I go to prayer, I'm going to keep this sermon and I'm going to look at this and I'm going to go, this is going to teach me to seek God more strongly, to, to get in the Word more strongly, to, to abide in Him, um, to, to always place Him first, first every single day. Um, God is good. Amen. Amen. Thank you.